I was woken up at um, about half past seven by one of my children going, um, <clears throat> Mom, Mom, I've got food tech. I need you to make me a homemade pizza sauce and I have to leave in 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I'm so, sorry, what? So I sort of roll out of bed. Um, I've overslept, which is not a good thing on a school morning. Go down into the kitchen, there's chaos. My three children are fighting about who is doing which job, which means no one is doing any job. So nothing's done. So I'm trying to find breakfast and school uniform and make pizza sauce and all the rest of it. Um, and uh, I should say at this point, obviously Mike is around usually, but this was one of those mornings when um, Matt was at our house and it was a prayer group meeting, so I was trying to do all this without yelling like a fishwife, <laughs> sounding like vaguely sane, like through gritted teeth. And then um, I thought we kind of managed to pull it all together, everything was done, I was thinking, yeah, I've got this. You know, thought I'd just go and just go and check upstairs. Walked into one of my son's rooms, and um, he's naked apart from wearing one sock, and he's built this incredible kind of Lego creation. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, we are supposed to be leaving for school now. <laughs> Do you think you might have forgotten something? At which point he looks down and goes, oh, "I'm only wearing one sock. I need another one." <laughs> Now, I'm telling you that story as a little insight into part of my life, obviously. Um, and we are doing a series at the moment called Practicing the Way of Jesus. And we're looking at how to stay focused, staying focused. Um, I've got some slides um, this evening, so um, here's the first one. I don't know um, about you, but that sort of crazy, busy morning I had, my life can feel a bit like that sometimes, like too much to do, not enough time, too many distractions, and no one else seems to be helping. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else feels like that, or is it just me? But we do live in an age of busyness and hurry, don't we, where it's quite difficult to focus on anything in more than a sort of partial, tokenistic kind of way. So... Um, there's an American theologian called Ronald Rollheiser, and um, I've got a slide of a quote from him, and this is what he says about this issue. Today, a number of historical circumstances are blindly flowing together and accidentally conspiring to produce a climate within which it's difficult not just to think about God or to pray, but simply to have any interior depth whatsoever. We are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. And I'd like to suggest tonight that busyness and distraction lead to a lack of focus that is actually a really serious issue for us in our lives. Yes, in our relationship with God and our spiritual lives, but also our mental health, our emotional well-being, what Rollheiser calls our interior depth, not to mention our work life and our relationships. So as we think about practicing the way of Jesus, what does um, Jesus have to say about all this? What can we learn from him that can help us stay focused? And I want to consider this um, using a really well-known passage from the Bible. You'll all know it well from uh, Matthew 11. It's three verses, but I actually want to use two versions because I find um, I really like language and I find the language of both of these very helpful. So the first one is from the NIV and we've got a slide for it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then the second one is the message version. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So it's amazing, isn't it? Two different translations, but um, some just both have a lot of depth to them. So if we want to stay focused on God and stay focused in our lives, I've got three suggestions from this passage which might help us. The first thing we need to do, and I've got a slide for this, is to stay focused. Can you see there's a little theme coming through my slides? It is animals. Yep. Um, There's some very interesting animal pictures on the internet I found while I was preparing this talk. Um, So verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And the message version, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Um, now, I've got a little clip coming up, um, and this clip just is a, um, just, um, a reminder of sort of being honest with our emotions. But before we do it, it's from um, a program called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Does anyone watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, come on. <laughs> How much fun is that? Um, okay, so if you haven't seen it, this is, it's just a very, very short clip. It makes sense without having seen it before. So, thank you. Oh, don't be angry. I'm not angry. I think it's funny. (laughs) Okay, it's a little bit random, but it just reminded me of that, you know, those times when maybe you're with your children and they're going, I am not tired. Or maybe it's a friend or you're, you know, you're with someone, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, a wife, and they're going, I am not stressed. (laughs) Um, That kind of, I am not angry. Uh, It just reminded me of that. It can be difficult to own our own emotions, can't it? When Jesus extends his invitation, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, he's addressing a crowd of people in a town in Galilee. And weary evokes the image of someone who's tired, they're exhausted maybe from work, maybe from a journey, whereas burdened is talking about um, some other kind of heavy load, whether that's emotional or spiritual or, or physical. And in the message version, Jesus asks, are you burned out on religion? So these are quite big questions Jesus is asking. They're big issues he's raising. So what he's asking his listeners to do is to sort of have an honest appraisal about the state of their lives. What's going on? So how are you this evening? How am I? Are we weary or burdened? What is causing the busyness, the distraction in our lives? Are we focused on God? Now, I have four questions I like to ask myself when I'm thinking about this, and I have a slide for these. Where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my energy? Where am I spending my money? And where am I spending my thought life? And I think if we answer those questions honestly, they give us a really good snapshot um, into what our real focus is at any time. Whether that's intentional or unintentional, if we can look at those questions and answer them, they show us actually what we're valuing at this point in time. Now, as you went through those questions, I don't know whether digital distraction popped into your mind as one of your answers, but I think it's a huge issue. 
How often do we end up sort of sucked into the black hole of Instagram or YouTube videos or PlayStation games or something on our phone? Some of you may be familiar with the distraction monkey. If you're not, I'd like to introduce him to you. He's on the screen here. So the person sort of driving the ship is like our rational self in our brain. So you've got to imagine this little scenarios in our brain. And the rational self is saying, this is a perfect time to do some work. Now, if any of you have lived with a distraction monkey, I have to say I'm one of those people that does. The distraction monkey says, nope. And then we'll go on to the next slide. The distraction monkey will say something like this. Let's watch a bunch of YouTube videos on creatures of the deep sea and then go on a YouTube spiral that takes us through Richard Feynman talking about um, string theory and ends up with watching interviews with Justin Bieber's mum. <laughs> Does anyone else now relate to the um, distraction monkey? Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Um, a recent study in the UK found that the average iPhone user touches their screen, should we have a guess, how many times a day? 6,000, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's actually less than that. 2,617 times a day, over 76 sessions for two and a half hours. But that study was sort of everybody. Another study that just did young adults found for them the reality is more like five times a day, so you're probably hitting your six or more there. So are we addicted to our phones? Addiction is defined as a relentless pull to a substance or activity that takes us, sorry, that becomes so compulsive it ultimately interferes with everyday life. And I would probably suggest that by that definition, pretty much all of us are addicted to our phones to some degree or another. Now, there's no judgment in that. They're designed to be highly addictive. They call to us. So it is a real struggle. I don't know how many people have heard that Simon Cowell um, has given up his mobile phone. He's been talking about that a lot this week. Has anyone heard about that? So 10 months ago, he gave up having a mobile phone, and he said his, his mental health has never been in such a good place. So it's interesting, isn't it? And France is banning mobile phones in all schools come September next year. Sorry, this year, as in next academic, academic year. I mean, these are quite big, radical responses because this is a big, radical issue in our lives. Something for us all to think about. Of course, we can be addicted to many other things in different measures as well, can't we? Whether that's work, or gambling, or shopping, or food, or praise, or pornography, um, or gaming, or Netflix box sets, or even to busyness itself, to just name a few examples. Addiction, busyness, and distraction steal our time. They steal our energy, our money, and our thought life. They steal our focus from God, from the one who created us, from the one who loves us, from the one who longs to be with us and who wants the best for us in our lives, from the one who invites us with a tender call to intimacy in these verses we've been reading. I love the fact that in both versions, they both have that lovely call, come to me. Not come with me, come to me. It's amazing. I think we also need to be honest about whether we really want to change. Jesus invites us to come away with him and we'll recover our life, it says in verse 28. But do we really want to recover our life? Jesus is offering us a choice. We can choose to carry on and do the same thing, or we can choose to, um, to try and make some changes. But as we all know, change is never easy. I would encourage us to maybe try noticing things in our day-to-day -day lives. What, are, what is taking our focus? 
maybe write it down, and I would talk it through with someone, bring someone into that sort of um, process, maybe your pod or your life group. So firstly, we need to be honest about the state of our lives and what is keeping our focus from God. The second thing we need to do if we're going to stay focused is to be brave. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And the message version says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Um, now, I've got a slide of um, a lovely place in Cyprus. Has anybody been to Cyprus? So this is called um, um, Capo Greco. And has anyone been to this little place in Cyprus? It's near Ayanapa, near the kind of party place. I wasn't there for the party place. I was there with my family a couple of years ago. And um, we um, had been swimming, we were on the beach, we got chatting with a lifeguard because my boys um, were leaping off a rock into the sea and we said, is there anywhere else you can go and jump into the sea? And they directed us to this place. So we got there and after looking around, we realized the place you're supposed to jump is sort of just below the white church. It's a 10 meter jump. <laughs> and we'd been jumping like on the rocks by the beach. <laughs> So anyway, my boys decided, yep, yeah, that's what they wanted to do. And um, I said to Mike, well, they're not doing it unless I do it first, because I need to know that it's safe. And he was like, yeah, go for it, Bex. <laughs> so I thought, right, he doesn't think I can do it. So I stood up on the edge, and I thought, I can't do it. <laughs> and I did that thing like about 10 times where you go one, to, no, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, and I kept redoing that. And does anyone um, know what lamb legs is? You know, like when a newborn baby lamb just trying, just trying to stand up, but uncontrollably shaking, had all of that going on. And then my middle son, who must have been nine at the time, goes, come on, mum, you're the only girl in the family. Be brave and don't let us down. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so I really have to do this now. <laughs> so I jumped the 10 meter high jump. Um, I was 40, I think it was the, my greatest achievement in my 40th year, <laughs> and I'm still proud of it, so I'm telling the story. Um, I had to be brave. Now when Jesus issued his invitation to people listening to him, he knew it was a challenge. Um, his invitation is active, it's not passive. He invites us to work with him. He invites us to take his yoke, not unfortunately, his, a glass of Prosecco and a remote control. <laughs> and a yoke, I've got a picture of a yoke, here we go, was the wooden frame joining two animals for pulling heavy loads. Now this image was used metaphorically to describe one individual's subjection to another, and as such was a common metaphor in um, Judaism for the law. So you're bound to someone else by the law. And it was also a metaphor for Israel's subjection to oppression. And as well as that, Israel's return from Egyptian captivity is also described as release from the heavy yoke of servitude. So for us, we probably just think of this thing that binds two animals together. But actually, Jews hearing that story would have thought of subjection to other people, um, being yoked by the law, being yoked to oppression, and being yoked in servitude. So when Jesus asks in Matthew 11:28, are we weary, burdened, or burned out on religion? He's talking about the yoke of the law. Are we feeling that weight? And he's inviting his listeners to take off the yoke of the law, the yoke of religion, the yoke of tradition, and to follow a different way with him, to become his disciple and live instead under grace. 
Now, this was a radical invitation for people at the time, and anyone that took that invitation up to follow him would have had to be incredibly brave because they were standing against um, Jewish tradition and religion and the legalistic sort of um, leaders of the, the time. So what does it mean to be brave? Now, obviously, jumping off a 10-meter-high cliff or sailing around the world single-handedly, those things are obviously brave. But I think to stay focused requires another kind of bravery. Jesus was calling his followers at the time to live a countercultural life, to focus on him alone. And his call um, on us today remains the same to take a stand against the perceived truths and wisdom of our day, to um, stand against the accepted behavior of our culture, to live counterculturally with our focus on him alone. Now, this sounds great in theory, doesn't it? But actually, it's really hard to do. We can become enslaved by busyness, by distraction, by addictions. They can be a real yoke, and, difficult, and it's difficult for us to keep them in their proper place. So to stay focused, we need to be brave. And brave, as I said, means we need to choose to live counterculturally. Brave means fighting the um, addiction to busy, to more, to hurry. Brave means discovering our heartbeat and going for it. Now, all those things sound kind of big and exciting and inspiring, but actually it starts with the the small steps. Being brave enough. I like to think of, being brave enough to stay when we want to go after a big argument, being brave enough to ignore Instagram or Facebook when we need to, being brave enough to tell the truth, being brave enough to choose what might look boring and being okay with that, being brave enough to offer to pray with someone, or, and this is where I'm seamlessly going to sneak in my notice, Brave enough to come to the girls' night out on Friday the 6th of July, Tropicana Nights, which is an 80s dance night. Would love you to come with me. Just, um, you need to go onto the G Live website and book your own ticket. It's £10 a ticket. Just email into church to let me know that you've booked, and then we can gather a big group and go dancing together. And all you really need is to enjoy the 80s a little bit, and maybe a pair of neon leg warmers will be fine. Okay, so seamlessly snuck the notice in there. Did you like that? (laughs) It's really good. So to stay focused, we need to be honest about the state of our lives and whether we really want them to change or not. And we need to be brave to choose a countercultural way of living. The third thing we need to do to stay focused is to be deliberate. I've got another little picture here. Be deliberate. So verse 29 and 30 say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for my souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So um, when I first met Mike, um, in fact, it was probably when we first um, were married, I realized we had a very different approach to planning what we did. I was much more spontaneous, he was much more planned, and his mantra was, if it's not in the diary, it doesn't happen. I was like, where is the fun in that? Where can I just, like, choose something in the moment? Then I worked out that if I put in spontaneous night in the diary... (laughs) He was happy, I was happy, I could pick something as it came up, so there we go. Um, It was about being deliberate. So when Jesus offers his yoke, you might be thinking, well, 
How is that helpful? We don't need another burden. We don't need something else we can try and fail at, something else we've got to try to fit in and carry. But I think there is a weight and responsibility to life, and we do have to work out how to carry it. And Jesus knows that the most restful gift he can give us is a new, deliberate way to carry life and to bear our burdens and responsibilities. Jesus is saying, I have a yoke. Come alongside me. Tuck in next to me. And let's carry this weight of life together. I'll take the biggest load. Um, Dallas Willard, who's an American philosopher, I've got a quote coming up on the slide, says this about Jesus' yoke. In this truth lies the secret of the easy yoke. The secret involves living as Jesus lived in the entirety of his life, adopting his overall lifestyle. Our mistake is to think that following Jesus consists in loving our enemies, going the second mile, turning the other cheek, suffering patiently and hopefully, while living the rest of our lives just as everyone else around us does. It's a strategy bound to fail. I think what Dallas Willard is saying is that the hardest way to stay focused on God is to live like everyone else around us without really changing how we spend our time, our money, our energy, and our thought life. And just try to add our relationship with God, the whole discipleship piece, on top of all of that. It just won't work. So Willard is suggesting that we need to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus and that that is actually his yoke. And it's an easy yoke because it's not about living under the law or rules, at which we will always fail, but actually it's about living under grace, empowered by the, um, the Holy Spirit. So again, all this sounds great. There's just one problem. To take up this easy yoke, we need to slow down. And if all of this was easy, we would all be doing it already, wouldn't we? <laughs> it's not easy. Jesus lived his pace at a different life to ours, I think it's fair to say. The Jesus we see in the Gospels was never in a rush. His life was full, but he never hurried. He was free to be interrupted, and he lived what we would probably call today a very mindful and present life. So if we want to stay focused, we need to be deliberate. This means doing things consciously and intentionally, carefully and unhurriedly. So practically, I've just got four areas to quickly look at, um, which I think could help if we want to be deliberate. The first is to be deliberate with spiritual practices. And here's a little praying otter. I think you'll remember that one. So the ideal is for us to have a daily routine and a weekly rhythm of time with God, and to put this in our diary first before anything else. That is an ideal. For most of us, it's not a reality, but I still think it's worth striving for. And I'd also encourage us, if a practice doesn't work, if one spiritual practice doesn't work, just try another one. And don't compare yourself to people around you. That is seriously a dead-end street. I live with the most disciplined person when it comes to this sort of thing. It's really depressing if I start comparing myself to what Mike does. But we just work very differently. At the moment, I'm enjoying two things a lot. One is um, singing worship really loudly at home when I'm in the house by myself, and the other is silence. And I'm an extrovert. Silence is not my natural go-to place, but I'm finding a real connection with God in it. And that's just because I thought I'm going to try something different. You know, this is not normally me. So I just encourage us to try different things. Um, 
There's a prayer called the Examine Prayer that I have a slide for this. I'm not going to talk through this in great detail, but this is something I do at the end of the day, and um, you can Google these. There are loads of different versions, but it's about connecting with God and seeing um, where he's been present in your day. And I sit down with a little notebook. Um, I don't write everything down. I just think. So the stillness is going, okay, where were you in... Um, in my day-to-day God. It's just sort of recalling his presence. Um, Gratitude is obviously saying thank you for things. Um, Reflection would be noticing your emotions through the day, really. Sorrow is asking for forgiveness. You know, none of us are perfect. We all get things wrong, don't we? Hopefulness is sort of choosing one thing and choosing to pray about it. So the one thing that stands out to you in the first um, sort of four points to pray for that. And then the last one, resolve to grow, look to tomorrow, is a bit optional, really. That's kind of, what am I doing tomorrow, and then praying about it. I don't like that one, because I do this at the end of the day, and that makes um, my mind start worrying about the next day. So I just say something like, I pray I have a good day tomorrow, (laughs) amen, and then I finish. So secondly, um, be deliberate with rest time. We're going to be having a talk about the Sabbath rest time um, within this series, so I'm not going to talk about that, but I would say put this in your diary too. Make sure you've got time in there with your family, with your friends, um, fun, whatever the space is that you enjoy yourself, whether that's going for a walk. I really like um, pottering about in the garden, and um, I have a spiritual director, and she's challenged me to do that every day for at least five minutes at the moment. Um, It's actually really fun. Be deliberate in getting support. That's my third one. Um, This is a thing, apparently. This turtle helps this frog. There we go. You can Google that, too, if you want to know more. But we are designed to live in community. We're not designed to do this stuff alone. So I would encourage you to gather people around you who can cheer you on, who can champion you, who can pray for you. Give a trusted friend some um, accountability questions to ask you. Um, I do that with people. Get your pod or life group to pray for you. Get prayer at the end of the service. You need help with this, so invite people to draw alongside you. I think this is not a natural one for us often. And number four, be deliberate with boundaries. I like this slide as well. (laughs) Keep the lions out. Um, We need to be realistic about our capacity, so I think we have to be intentional with our scheduling. If it's not in the diary, what, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't happen. (laughs) So we do need to prioritize. We do need to work out the things that we do want to happen, because otherwise some things will fall by the wayside. Screen-wise, we have got some non-negotiables at home. I'd encourage people to do this. So we have, I'm sure lots of you do the same sort of thing, um, no screens at the table. And no screens on holiday is a new one we've introduced. But obviously, my oldest um, son is 13. So for those um, like waifs looking at me in complete horror, do not suggest this to my parents. That's why waifs are our 14s to 18s if you're visiting. (laughs) Um, It's actually really, it's really good. But that includes Mike and I. So we have to put our phones away as well. It's good to ration other screen use. I mean that for yourselves. Like, I try and do no more than half an hour a day. Um, That's my sort of aim. Uh, We do no screens Monday to Thursday in the house for our primary-age children, um, and then we have a few privileges for our secondary-age children. All I'm saying is you just need to think these things through and be intentional about them. Maybe some of us will be inspired by Simon Cowell's example. I think Mike is thinking of it. So there's a few practical ideas on um, how to be deliberate to help us stay focused on God. So as we try to um, stay focused on him, 
I'd love to encourage us to be honest about where we're spending our time, our money, our energy, our thought life, and about whether we really do want to change. And let's be brave in the choices we make, in how we live our lives, in the small things and the big. And let's be deliberate in how we are spending those things. And let's champion each other along the way. You know, we talk about the big family here. So let's support each other, but also let's challenge each other. And let's remember that Jesus is welcoming us tenderly and intimately to come to him. Come to him. And as we do, we will find true rest and live freely and lightly. Amen.